Coming up, what do your invoices say about your customer experience? Is a telephone call all that? And what can you receive in the post? Find out when I speak to the gorgeous Victoria Taylor. This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul. Welcome back to another episode of Marketed Not Live, the official podcast of the Marketed Family of Events. And I'm calling it a family of events because not only are we now talking about Marketed Live, the live event, which is taking place on Monday, the 20th of September, 2021, but also Marketed Light, our recent excursion into the online educational world where we had 10 sessions delivered by some of the best people around about all sorts of different topics. Go and check that out because, yeah, sure, you didn't watch it during the time that it was released, but actually it's all available now on demand for a wonderfully low price, which is our sort of gift to you during this whole coronavirus era. And hopefully it will help you navigate the ever-changing world of marketing. And that's what we're trying to do here on the show. We're just having a chat with someone really. And today we've got the wonderful Victoria Taylor who's going to share her expertise about customer experience. Now, obviously you know what a podcast is because you're listening to it. But when you make these things, there's a few things that you have to consider. You have to consider the content. What are you going to talk about? What sort of show is it going to be? What's the structure? But there are also some technicalities that you need to get into as well, such as where are you going to host the show and how is that going to be distributed to all of the different platforms? Well, we use Captivate, which is the world's leading and only growth-oriented podcast host. And as you know by now, we absolutely love it. And one of the things I love more than anything is the analytics. I've tried a few of the platforms and frankly, no one does it quite like Captivate. I can look at um, the daily trends, how many people are downloading it, as and when, the last 28 days. They've got this really cool a graph which overlays the different episodes so I can see where I've hit a peak. Did I release an episode that day or not? Fantastic. I can see where it's distributed, where in the world they listen. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. So if you really want to know how well your podcast is performing, Captivate is the hosting platform for you. Go and check them out at captivate.fm and sign up from as little as £17 per month. Now, when you hear the phrase customer experience, what do you actually think about? Do you give a little bit of a whimper with the kind of overwhelm, really, to think, oh, this, this means, you know, so much, the whole, what's the customer experience? Is it the way that we shake hands? Well, not at the minute. Is it how we greet someone? Is it uh, the website? Is it the service that we deliver? And I think a lot of people do focus on the service delivery element of customer experience and that that's the thing that people are being judged on. And of course, that is one of the things that people are being judged on, probably the biggest thing that people are being judged on. If you have terrible service, that's the thing that you remember. But what sort of other areas are included in that? What about the telephone call that someone makes to you to explain a problem? or maybe the telephone call inwards to make a booking for you perhaps, 
or the automated email sequence or the reply that you make to someone's email. There's so many different points of uh, entry to this customer experience. And I probably used the wrong term there, but certainly our guest today will, will help you understand exactly what that means. What I love about today's guest is that she is able to take us through the different parts to customer experience and get us thinking about which areas we need to focus on. And you'll see from the interview, that's exactly what she's been able to do with me and got me thinking about all of those different elements. Now, you might not think that this is marketing, but I can tell you that it absolutely is. And it's one of those things that all of your team, if you have one, can be involved in. So, let's get straight into a little conversation with Victoria Taylor. Victoria Taylor is a customer experience consultant who has consulted boutique businesses, Fortune 100 brands and everything in between for almost a decade. She works with brands to make people matter, providing impactful, seamless and meaningful customer and employee experiences. She's a proven customer experience leader who brings together the digital and physical world, transforming experience at every moment and interaction someone has with a brand. Victoria believes if you make people matter, your brand will matter to them. And she is definitely someone that should matter to you. Victoria, welcome to Marketing Not Live. Thank you for having me, Paul, and thank you for that introduction as well. <laughs> That's quite all right. Now, you are officially a friend of the show because this is your second time. It is. It is, yeah. Last time we, we were talking about all kinds of things, weren't we? So, well, it was a happier time. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a happier time, happier but I'm time. looking forward to talking today. We were talking about Love Island and we you know yes. why that was important or relevant to, to marketing. Happy happy times. Yeah, it's, it's all changed, hasn't it? It's all changed. All changed. But we're talking about a different topic than what we spoke to you last time about. And I just want to ask you a question just about the, the, about the intro, really, and about the things that, that you talk about. This combination of digital and physical worlds. Give me a give me an idea of what what we mean by combining the digital and physical worlds, and how that can maybe relate to to experience. And I suppose why we should care about experience. Okay, so I think I'll start first with why we should care. We we should care because you know every every moment of every day we're all having experiences with people and that's just as like human beings not even as business owners you know so i'm having an experience with you now you're having an experience with me and we'll both come away from this experience and take away our you know our thoughts and our feelings from this experience and we translate that into like a, a business sense every single interaction moment that you have with someone is an experience they have with you and if you are a brand then they're having that experience with you as your brand if you work for a brand they're having that experience with you who works as part of a brand so we should care about it because it's it's all encompassing and it's everywhere and you have the ability to create a good experience or a bad experience or a mediocre one which might as well be bad because it's not good <laughs> so experience is, re is really important it's because it's everywhere um, and the physical and the digital is, you, you know, I think over the last few months, 
we have obviously so many more of us are, are working digitally. I, I mean, I know you and I, Paul, both work digitally anyway, but you know, the whole world has, has gone into a completely different sphere of working digitally. Um, and the experiences that we create digitally are just in, as important as the physical experiences that we create in the real world. Um, you know, we're no longer having the meetings that we used to have face to face, but we still need to create those experiences digitally. Um, and we can do that through, you know, meetings online. We can do that through telephone calls. Um, we could do that through Zoom, we can do it through Skype, we can do it on social media. Um, so yeah, it just, the, the two worlds kind of blend together really. Um, but it's just important that experience is consistent across them both. Do you think people are still struggling with the moving to digital aspect? Yeah, I think in some respect, yes. Um, and I can only, you know, I can only go off the conversations that I'm having with, you know, my circles um, and the people that, you know, I, I talk to regularly. I think certainly there are people that are very used to that office environment, um, you know, particularly in the business sense. They're used to that office environment and it's, it still feels very bizarre to them. I, I read a really interesting article the other day, actually, that said that we've kind of hit this six month plateau where we are now. You know, we've been doing this for six months. And I think really when we got to this point, a lot of people were thinking this is going to return back to normal, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but then we've been hit with this other, you know, you, you need to work from home again where possible. Um, and it's actually really been demotivating for, for a lot of people because they thought that was it. You know, they were going back to the office and life was going to resume. But I think, you know, the reality is, is that we are we are going to have to live with this virus for, for as long, you know, as long as we have to until we've, you know, we've found a, a vaccine. But then, you know, on the other hand, I think it has transformed some of the businesses a lot, a lot more quickly. Um, I know, you know, certainly speaking for some of my own clients, that it's really accelerated the way that they do business. Um, it's also been a lot more cost effective for them. And, you know, in terms of meetings that may have taken place overseas that would have cost time, resource, money um, to, to go overseas and have meetings, now they're just able to do those on Skype much more effectively. So I think, I think pros and cons. I think, yes, it's affecting some people negatively still and they're still not adapted. And then other people have really taken it and run with it. So, um, yeah, I think it's a combination. Well, you've seen good um, examples of, of things moving more digitally, where, where people have been doing it well. Is it because they've chosen to rep try and replicate what they were doing before? Or is it a whole different mindset in terms of, well, uh, for example, uh, I can't meet you in person and deliver this wonderful experience with a meeting where we're going to provide a lovely lunch or, or, or yeah. you know, go to this fantastic venue. Am I going to try and recreate that? Or is it just completely, let's rethink this and think about, well, if I'm going to meet somebody face to face on a Zoom call, mm. what is being shown behind me? Um, do I need to do anything in advance? Do I, do I send people something in advance? Is it stuff like that? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, a, a kind of a combination of the two, really. Yes, you're right about that digital experience, you know, where you've got, you know, on Zoom, you can have these sort of virtual backgrounds, can't you, to create a, you know, a different environment behind you. So there's been quite a lot of fun had with those as well, actually, you know, even like businesses creating them into like bars and stuff. <laughs> so, you know, they've turned their, their meetings into, right, well, let's meet at the bar um, and everyone bring a, a drink at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, they're doing team calls like that. So I think 
sort of rethinking the experience a little bit really and telling everyone to you know bring their own drinks um which is a nice way um i worked on a, a product launch actually over the lockdown and um, it was a, a food brand um it was a food source actually um and, and that's interesting because you know those we actually sent out boxes physical boxes for the launch night to the people that were on our list the people you know we were sending them to buyers and suppliers um to join us for this zoom launch and it had clues within the box it told you know within the envelope mm. it told them what time to open certain things and um, we combined that with the digital as well um where we also sort of did a bit of a, a private group on facebook for a week leading up to the launch where people were able to interact and liaise with each other and get to know the people that would be at the launch. And then they were told that, right, something was going to arrive in the post. And then that arrived through the post um, ahead of virtual launch night. So there was still that physical element. Um, I've seen it with conferences as well, you know, some some great conferences that have been sending out sort of physical boxes. So I think, I think it is uh, combining it. And you know, and particularly like with businesses, I, I work with a client, um, they're in the sort of like the home improvement market, and they regularly do this kind of at the bar thing with their staff, um, which, which I think has made relationships stronger, because they're able to do that weekly. And, you know, they all chat on zoom. And it, it, I, I don't know, it's, it's just, yeah, it is, it's mixing things up a little bit and doing things and being a bit creative, isn't it? I love the post thing. I mean, yeah, anything <laughs> that's received in the post, I think people it's just something about the physical thing, isn't it? Yeah. You've got something there to open. That's the anticipation maybe of what's inside. I don't know what this is. And, and, and maybe for businesses thinking about how they can use some of that, it's, it's sort of thinking about well, what, what would excite people when they, when they receive something and open it. Completely. And I think, like you say, that the element of, we always talk about this in experience, but that element of surprise is really like a really important thing. You know, when people aren't expecting something, it's a perfect time to really build on experience now, you know, because, you know, that we are limited with what we can do. And for businesses to be sending things through the post to customers, prospects, however, you know, wherever budgets allow for whatever they do allow, depending on scale, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it is, it's, it's nice to receive something that's tangible because you know very often when you think of going to your post box it's bills it's statements or it's, it's circulars that go around so to actually physically receive something that's quite a novelty isn't it and it's it's not really it's going back it's going back a few years isn't it really because we've we've all been so used to going out and having experiences out and about that actually that element of you know get getting that thing through the post is is a really nice thing and I think it's probably why the subscription business works so well as well you know the subscription yeah, model of yeah. business like I mean I sign up to a monthly um it's beauty pie beauty product one um I know my parents are members of the gin club um I think people do like having that you know that thing that comes through the post and I think that is why subscription businesses are so successful because it does bring that experience into the home doesn't it so um yeah, if you're a business listening to this, stop posting things out. <laughs> There's something there, I think, about uh, contrasting, like you said, the, the sort of mundane, like what what do I associate with this with this action, walking to my yeah. post box mm. to pick up the bills, to pick letters or, or whatever, and then, and here's something else. And I guess in the same way, that could be applied to the, to the physical world. What am I expecting when I reach this destination oh here's yeah. something amazing that i wasn't quite expecting is surprise i know people talk about surprise and delight is that element of surprise 
a key fundamental in sort of experience? I think so, yes. And I think surprise is an interesting one because if you like if you make it regular, it doesn't become a surprise, yeah? Mm. So if you think of something um when I'm trying to think of an example here. So there's a hotel over in Los Angeles and it's got um it's called the Magic Castle Hotel. Got a, like a phone by the swimming pool and you pick up the phone and you call the popsicle hotline and they bring you an ice pop. Um, a cherry popsicle to the poolside because you just rang them on this and it's free. It's completely free. <laughs> so they bring this popsicle to your bed, right? And so this hotel is actually a three-star hotel in the middle of Los Angeles and it's up against all these other wonderful Beverly Hills hotel, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But it ranks as one of the top hotels in Los Angeles. And when you read the TripAdvisor reviews, everyone talks about this popsicle hotline, right? Because it's a surprise. You don't expect a popsicle hotline at a hotel, right? And coincidentally... That hotel does really well because it's a, a surprise for people when they turn up and they go, oh my gosh, this this is something different. So I think when you give people that that element of surprise, um, but you don't make it standard and it's something that just comes every now and again, like it, it can be magical, really magical. I would imagine in that example, yeah, I can just sort of think, imagine like this sort of brainstorming I don't know, it's brainstorming action. Because, I mean, that sort of hotel, it's not going to be a massive hotel, is it? So they're not going to have, like, a big team ideating all together and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. someone must have just sort of come up with with that. Is there any way that you know of to help people come up with these type of ideas? <laughs> Can I plug myself here? Of course. Yes, you may. <laughs> Victoria Dana, yeah. You can consult with a customer experience. Of course, consultant. you can. <laughs> um, no, no, joking apart. That is that is what I do. Um, but uh, but if, if, um, I'll set it up. You knock it yeah, out. Yeah. Thanks. You <laughs> set it straight up there. Um, no, but but taking that time out actually. You know, if anyone uh, ever anyone sat there in business now and you you know you don't want to you're not in a position to or you don't want to take on the services of a, a, a customer experience consultant, then t- taking that time out of your day to allow time to dream. And that might sound really fluffy and out there, right? You probably sat on a boardroom going, well, what's the ROI of dreaming? There isn't the ROI of dreaming and we can't give that right now. But unless you give your staff a space to physically come out of that typical workplace and to allow yourself to dream and think differently, that's when ideas come, when you're out of that kind of boardroom environment. So I think putting that time aside too, think differently and to I was on a podcast the other day actually talking about theme park thinking um and and this is something that I termed you know theme parks they they design all these exceptional really quirky things and you know that that time to actually think that way requires you to get yourself out of your regular business brain um so I think you know if you're looking to innovate and and come up with new ideas and you need to give yourself that space to be able to do that um and and get you know business heads together in a different environment um so yeah which is easier said than done during covid times um however um I think you know you can't again you could do it virtually um you know bring people together where you're not coming with an agenda of right we need to do x y and z before this It's, it's literally coming together to to talk that's it mm-hmm. to come together to talk. I was and, I was reading somewhere this morning about uh, ad agencies and, and ad creative and things like that in lockdown yeah. and how you know big agencies are struggling because they're not having people together and they find it more difficult to mm. to do that kind of thing over Zoom or Teams or or whatever. And I think it is harder to do actually virtually because you you can't. There's something about the energy of people in a room. 
that you just can't pick up on Zoom. Um, I'm just wondering whether you've got any thoughts. I'll write them down. Um, Yes. Um, Yeah, I have. What we were talking about before, sending out physical boxes to people before you're about to jump on that boring Zoom call. Okay. If you you know you're limited, we can either complain about being limited or we can do something about it to inspire. You know, what what is that? What can we do differently? What can we we send them that they're not expecting, that they're going to get through the post? You know, if I was a staff member receiving a box that said, do not open until the team meeting, um, and, and then let them open it there. You know, there could be all kinds of things. You know, we, we've seen like, you know, Paul, with COVID karaoke. Yeah. Um, there are so many ways that you can inspire and motivate people. It's just thinking differently, which is, which is tough when we're six months into a pandemic and we're continually seeing negative news all around us. But if you want to get the best out of your people, then you need to give them something to be excited about. So you can't expect them to come into an experience and have a good experience unless you create a good experience. Um, so I, th- I think it is, it's making it different. What, what can you do to infuse them? What can you send them? How, how can we make it different, you know? See, that's interesting because what you're talking about there is, um, and rightly so, I think, th- this idea that, well, we might want to inspire a, a customer, but we also need to inspire our own people. So mm. that makes me think, well... Who is responsible for, for the experience that, that we offer? Are we saying that it's everybody? Everybody, yeah. And I think I think that's the challenge of the customer experience is that, you know, very often we see it's it's the responsibility of one person or it's the responsibility of a department. But it actually isn't. You know, everything in your business is customer experience. Your employees are customer experience. Your supply chain is customer experience. You know, the relationships that you have with suppliers is customer experience. Brand is customer experience. It's all customer experience. It weaves through every little part of your organization. Um, and it all reflects back to the customer. You know, I was talking to someone the other day saying that my, I actually wrote it in my newsletter as well, that my relationship with my accountant, I know that she feeds me good referrals because she has a good experience with me. Now, if she had a bad experience with me, she's not going to go and recommend my services. You know, if it, similarly, you know, you could be in a, a big office and you, you've got staff that work in your canteen. If you talk to them well versus treating them like they're not important, what do you think the likelihood of that, that they're going to go and recommend your business to their friends and family? So it's, it's every interaction. It's everything you do. It's the way you hold yourself. It's the way you dress yourself. It's the way you talk to people. It's all experience. There's so many different facets to it. It almost seems overwhelming. It's huge. And <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> well, I mean, when, 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 you, when you put it like that, where, you, you, you know, you're saying you know, every, every email that you send is customer experience, every, yeah. every um, accidental kiss that you put on a text to your client yes. uh, is, is experience. Yeah. We've all done it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, yeah. is, an ex- is an experience or, um, you know, and th- those are things that you don't, you don't think about because it's, it's particularly on email, it's really easy to just knock out an email and not really think about it. And, and even today, I know I've responded to an email and I've probably not put as much thought into it as I, as I could have because I'm just trying to get through the emails. And actually, I think there's something here about pausing in yeah. terms of every action, not to the point where you're stagnating or walking through like a thick soup of mud trying to get somewhere but actually yeah. just 
thinking before you take the action and thinking, okay, well, what what is this that I'm doing and how does that contribute to the experience? Completely. And I think we're so used to going at a million miles an hour um, because everything does move so quickly that we don't often pause and think, like, is this giving the best experience it possibly can? Hey, and look, none of us are perfect. We all get it wrong from time to time. Of course we do. But I think if you do just pause for a moment, you're bound to create a better experience. You know, this morning I've sent out an invoice. I'm about to, to start working on um, a, a project. It's an experiential book campaign um, launch. Um, so it's a, a new book that's going to be coming out next year. Um, now, the person is actually someone that I've worked with before. I would class them as a friend. Um, but I'm, I'm working with them on this over the winter months. And this morning I knew I had to send my invoice over to them, ready to start work. So I sent them a quick WhatsApp beforehand thinking, it's actually their birthday this week. I want to make sure that they get a personal message from me, um, which isn't just, here's your invoice, pay up. You know, it was kind of like, I just want to let you know, um, I've just popped your invoice over. If you can get it sorted when you're back, that's great, ahead of us starting next week. I hope you have a great birthday and some great celebrations away. I could have just sent that on an email, right? And just sent the invoice over. But it's having that that foresight to think, hmm, like how... How do I want that to come across? Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, and that's it's really interesting because I'm now thinking about invoices <laughs> yeah. that, that we send and thinking, okay, like it's branded, like yeah. it's got the logo on and everything. Yeah. But uh, and I suppose the most that we've done is maybe tweak some some of the language slightly to make it a bit more personal. But there's loads more that we could do with with that to make it a bit more interesting to reflect the experience and 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 maybe in that case actually get paid faster yeah i think so as well like all my so all my work is invoiced up front i get paid up front as well i never i never work behind um i learned i learned that a long time ago uh, yeah. <laughs> very long time you have ago. to learn it though you do have to learn it yeah you do but i think uh, again you know we we often approach because it's a transactional thing an invoice right we approach it as a transactional thing but actually if you approach things friendly it tends to get done quicker, mm. you know? And the response that I got back this morning was, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm on my way there now. Uh, yeah, as soon as I've got the invoice, I'll get it paid for you. I just want to say huge gratitude. I can't wait to work with you on this. And and that's that's the difference, right? Because you've taken it beyond that, just, just put the money in my bank. <laughs> do you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's not... It's not like that. You want, you know, when you want someone to be excited about working with you, you want you want that relationship there because what does it do? It means they come back when they want that kind of work again. And this is a returning client for me. You know, mm. I've I've just written down on my little notepad transactions as experiences. Yeah. Because and they before are. they were just transactions, but they are experiences. They're experiences, of course they are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And if you make a transactional experience a good one, and it's not just about hand over your money, you know. Like, I don't know why we fear talking about money. Like, a lot of people fear talking about money. But I think if you, you know, you talk about it in just a very open and, you know, I know you're aware, you have a great week, don't worry about it for now, but it's in your inbox and, like, sort it out. Oh, no problem, I'll sort it out as soon as I've got it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I pretty much guarantee the money is probably going to be in my account by the end of the day. So it's it's just that kind of forward thinking to be, I don't know why we put these barriers up. We make things hard for ourselves sometimes, I think. And I think we... 
we can make things a lot easier. And I know it's different. Like, you know, I'm a boutique business. I'm a consultancy. I don't work with thousands of clients. So that's easier. But equally, if you've got a finance team that deal with your invoices, there's no reason why the education process and the processes that they implement, no matter what size you are, cannot be made more personal. Yeah. That just comes down to training. That's all. It just comes down to training. If you train them to send an invoice, you can train them to do it in a different way. I just don't think people think about it. So it's, I don't it's think really, they do. It's just really interesting having this conversation because actually it's, it's making me think of touch points that we take for granted as, you know, we see as a process, the invoicing at the end of the month or, you know, this, this work has been done and someone's ticked a box in the project management system and that sent an email to the person sending the invoice saying, send out this email. So they just take that action or even worse, it just goes out automatically. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of little areas that it must be so easy to to work on, even if you're a freelancer or or a big business. Just thinking about the different touch points that you have, and and even if you haven't got any budget whatsoever, what you're saying is there are always improvements to the experience that can be made. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. If you you know you can, I mean, this is a like a, a rabbit warren, and you'd be surprised at like how many. But very often when I sit with businesses, you know, we, they are small everyday things. Obviously I work in experienced design as well, but the small everyday uplifts can have a massive impact on relationship and revenue. It's just making sure that you're making those tweaks that probably seem quite insignificant that actually make some of the biggest impacts, you know? It's like an experience overhaul. An yeah. experience overhaul. Goodness, yeah. well. I've got homework to do, that's, that's for sure. Thanks <laughs> there for that. you go. Thanks for that. Um, right, okay, so let's use some examples then. Let's get some inspiration. Any brands or businesses um, that are doing this really well? Yeah, do you know who I really love, actually? I love, um, do you know Timpsons? The key-cutting, shoe-fixing people? Yes, okay, Timpsons yeah. are great. James Timpson is the most fabulous fabulous business owner and he he just embodies experience treats so his staff well he treats them really well you know he has this sort of I, i'm not sure what he calls it i think it's like a fund you know he'll pay for court fees if people are going through divorce he will send people on holiday if they need a holiday he employs people and rehabilitates people that have come out of prison um you know he's got this thing where they are cleaning suits for people that can't afford to clean suits to go for job interviews he like everything you know he kept all his staff on through the pandemic mm -hmm. he he just embodies experience everything that he does is he just embodies experience you know the social media they, his staff through the pandemic they created this beautiful video um to thank him for everything that he had done they, this compilation that the staff just decided to do it made me really teary because you can see them with their children at home going thank you so much james and the kids going thank you james and you just think, God, that is a guy that has got experience woven in through every part of his culture. His, his employees are happy, their families are happy. He takes care of people and therefore they take care of the brand. Um, I think he's a shining example of you know, how, how experience should be. And particularly, like I say, through very challenging times, how he's behaved 
has been impeccable compared to some brands, um, which yeah. I, you know I, I don't like to. I don't really like to highlight um, names specifically of, of bad examples, and I won't ever do that. But there has been some atrocious behaviour um, in terms of experience um, through the pandemic, and I just think it only shines a, a brighter light on those that are doing it well. So I think he's an excellent one to look to. You know, for for experience, they've got a great digital experience, they great physical experience, great employee experience. And a, a good example as well, because a key cutting shoe fixing business is not what I would have expected you to choose as the example here. I thought you were going to say something like, you know, Tiffany's or uh, the Ritz, <laughs> yeah. or maybe that's because yeah. just, you know, I, I, I see you swanning around <laughs> all I'm these places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? I'm not, I, I think it's good to pick on those examples yeah. though, because it's good to get under the skin and, and show people that it's achievable no matter what business you're in because I mm. think it's a misconception that, you know, you you have to be in some glamorous business to be to be working with customer experience. But actually, you're right, you know, key cutting and shoe fixing, um, that, that they're doing a brilliant job which has made them pandemic proof yeah they're, they're doing well you know and some of the businesses that we've you know some of the top top names in business have we've seen disappear um and you do have to wonder you know if they created better experiences internally throughout would they be in a different position and the answer is probably yes i think i think you're right you know and when you hear all this stuff about cities city center businesses closing and and people forcing or wanting to force people back to the city centre um, to, to save businesses. I actually, you know, I do appreciate there are lots of really small businesses that do rely on that city centre trade. But it is quite refreshing to hear from small business communities in little villages and towns yeah. and precincts and stuff that are doing better because people who are working from home are spending their cash with them and having yeah. a better experience for it. So I think... Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think the retail experience is changing by by the minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. You know, we, we saw the, you know, the rise of the high street, then we saw the decline of the high street as independence, you know, probably a decade or so back now was, you know, independence were on the rise. And then we have seen this sort of return to the high street. But this is naturally making people, like you say, shop with small independents who are providing great experiences. And it, you know, it is unfortunate and it is sad and it's terrible that we're seeing the high street suffering. However, I do believe that with the right innovation and with the right choices and, you know, we will have to ride out the pandemic and naturally there are going to be casualties. Um, and that's, as, you know, it's brutal, but that, that's the reality. And there are casual, there have always been casualties in business through financial crises. Um, and, and it's, it's very sad, um, but that, but that is where it is. Yeah. Hopefully though, as the businesses that, that do survive this and the high street businesses that do survive, hopefully they will up level their experience because they'll have to, because the independents are champion in that right now. And if they don't, then they simply won't survive. And that won't be because of a pandemic. That will be because people are used to a better level of experience. I think you're absolutely right. I, th I think there's, I keep saying this to people, people need to be agile, they need to be mm -hmm. flexible, they need to think. So I think that's been really great to, to think about all these different areas. And, and like I said, there's lots of little areas that people can just get involved in without spending any money. Now, Absolutely. if they did want to spend money, <laughs> right, and obviously they're going to yeah. pick you, how oh, should people get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm all over social media. I'm at Victoria Tail UK. 
um, and my website is www.victoriatail.uk. Um, I do have some sort of like entry level stuff on there as well. Um, so that when I talked about the experience overhaul, um, that's like an online session that people can do. Um, I do I do two different online sessions that, that are sort of that level. One's a point of entry, one's an experience overhaul, and they're both five hour sessions um, that you can do with me online. And that's sort of like an entry point for, you know, those those small things that we talked about, making those small tweaks. Um, people can can do that with me if they wish to. And they can sign up for your newsletter. They can. Let's not forget that because I've done that. That's completely free. Yeah, that's completely free. So I have free resources as well, which is obviously the newsletter. Um, That comes out twice a month. I don't spam people. Um, Well, I don't think I do, Paul. You can be the judge of that. (laughs) No, you don't. Um, um, but yeah, that is that is free value, um, and I've got a ebook that's out as well this month, um, which is a points of entry ebook um, that will that's completely free again to download. Um, that's coming this month, but you can pre-register if you want to. In fact, I'm getting some pre-registers coming through now to my inbox, um, so you can pre-register for that on my website, um, which means that you'll get a copy of that um, completely free, which will help you look at your entry points into your business and what you can do to create better experiences at all of those entry points. Excellent. Lovely. Thank you for being part of the show again. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Paul. Hmm. Okay. So lots to think about there. Uh, I've got to say a huge thanks to Victoria there for just making me think and hopefully making you think as well about the different parts to your experience that you're offering to your customers and, and clients. Um, hopefully it shouldn't be too onerous because as I said there's lots of different things that I think we can get involved in that cost us absolutely naff all um, and so uh, you know maybe they should be on the top of our priority list to just tick those off and say yeah we've done that we've had a look and that's the action that we're going to, to take I'd love to know whether you've got some things that you can do as a result of this conversation that you'll think about why don't you tweet us at Marketed Live on any channel. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode and let us know what you think. Don't forget to check out details of all our events that we've got coming up in the future. There'll be plenty to think about. So have a look at that. Uh, If you fancy it, please tell your friends about what we're up to. I do hope to see you on the next episode of Marketed Not Live. Until then, thanks for listening. Our producer is Charlie Tacker. This is a Lightline Media production for Marketed Live. You've been listening to the Marketed Not Live podcast. Want to go even deeper? Then book your ticket to one of our events where you'll learn more about specific ideas, strategies and practical ways to improve the results you get from your marketing activity. Visit marketed.live for what's on and how to book.